Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Nikki Ivy with Dog Speak. Congratulations. If you are listening to this episode, you have signed up for our Real Life Rover classes at the farm at Natchez Trace. This episode will give you an idea on equipment, what to expect, and some habits you need to create before the first night of class. All of our teaching is focused on positive reinforcement. It's about clear communication, clear expectations. We are going to be teaching the humans how to interact with their dog. We do not expect our dogs to be robots, and you shouldn't either. And if you're not sure about that, go back and listen to some other episodes that we have, and you'll get to know us a little bit more. So, our classes are going to be more about leash manners, and we use that leash to help the dog learn off-leash manners. We want to get you prepared for our level two, which is focused more on off-leash. But we will be working on automatic leave-its, teaching behavior around other dogs, and just response in general. We have fun in our classes, and we want you to have fun as well. Some of the equipment that you're going to need for class, not much. Regular things, four to six foot leash, no retractable leashes. Be sure that the leash is comfortable. If it's not comfortable in your hand, you're going to have a hard time. But don't worry. The first night of class, we will show you some leashes that we really like that you may prefer. Also, your dog needs to be wearing a flat collar, so a buckle or a quick snap collar. If you're afraid your dog may escape a collar, you may use a martingale collar, which is a no-slip collar. That is an all-cloth. We do not allow choke chains or prong collars, no e-collars. If your dog uses a harness, you may bring the dog to class in his harness, but we will be adjusting to going to a flat collar, or we may show you a different type of harness you may use for teaching. Our goal, though, is to not be dependent on tools and that includes the leash, to get our dog to be responsive. But don't worry, we'll work you through it, and we'll do it without your dog choking or hurting his neck. Now, there are a few things that you need to do before class the first night if you want to get the most out of our classes. 
First thing is you need to understand how your dog learns. And your dog is not just learning at class. That class is mostly for you. Your dog is learning every time you interact with him, which means all the time. Most of your teaching is happening at home. We're teaching you how to go home and do this. So a few things you need to understand. One, the entire family needs to be on the same page. You need to understand that dogs are like three to four-year-old children. They are learning about this new world. And it really doesn't matter what age your dog is. They all learn the same way. Some just have the capacity to learn for longer periods. With puppies, it's going to be shorter sessions that you will be working with them. However, do know that even when you're not in a training session, your dog is still learning. This is why we want to make sure you're creating good habits within yourself and within your family. So first, let's learn how a dog learns. Everything a dog does fits in one of two categories. It's either a self-rewarding behavior or a non-self-rewarding behavior. Self-rewarding behaviors are behaviors dogs don't need for us to tell them great job. Sitting, laying down, chewing, peeing and pooping. These are all self-rewarding. We will never have to tell a dog good job for those and they will not go away. Non-self-rewarding behaviors are behaviors that are not rewarding by themselves. Something else has to make it rewarding. Perfect example of that would be jumping. Jumping isn't rewarding unless a human makes it rewarding. So to understand that every behavior fits in one of those two categories, you get to decide what you want and what you don't want. Now, not every dog uh, doesn't need to jump. There are some people who don't care that their dog jumps. I don't care. I don't live with you. My job is to help you understand where your dog is coming from. So if you don't mind your dog jumping, I'm good with that. You just have to make sure you don't correct the dog for jumping when it's inappropriate. But there are some people that have small dogs that they're okay with jumping. Again, I don't care. It's totally a personal preference. I want to help you get to whatever you want from you and your dog. Now, there are only three ways for you to handle behavior based on what you want and what you don't want. You're either going to acknowledge it, ignore it, or interrupt it. Let's talk about behavior that is self-rewarding, that we do not want. And a lot of this will pertain to puppies. Let's start with chewing. Puppies love to chew. Dogs love to chew. Chewing is not wrong. It's what they're chewing on that we have a problem with. So, the way we're going to handle that, we're not going to punish the dog for chewing on the wrong item. If we do that, we're going to teach the dog to not chew in front of us, which means they're going to start hiding what they're chewing on, and you can't fix that. So, remember, it's not about punishing a dog or disciplining a dog or even correcting a dog. It's redirecting to help the dog learn. We're about teaching. We're not teaching the dog what not to do. We are teaching the dog what to do. So your dog is chewing on a piece of furniture. Your job is going to teach the dog that that's not appropriate and instead to chew on something else. So when you see your dog doing it, you're going to quietly, which means no words, and calmly walk over, remove the dog from the piece of furniture, and give the dog something he is allowed to chew on. If he's chewing on the appropriate item, you're going to tell him what a good boy he is. If he goes back to that piece of furniture, you're going to repeat the process. And you're going to repeat that process up to four times. 
On that fourth time, in that small period of time, if your dog is still chewing on that and refuses to stay on the toy, then you can do a quick 15 to 30 second timeout, which can be in the crate or in another room. Timeouts are not a big deal. They should be very short and you don't have to say anything to the dog. When you bring the dog out of the timeout, the slate is clean and you start all over. Give the dog something he can chew on and reward when he Choose on that. If he goes back to the furniture, you repeat the process for another three times. Because remember, the dog is trying to figure out why you just put him in the crate or why he just got removed from the room. But whatever you do, do not scream and yell at your dog for chewing. That is natural. We want to teach the dog where to chew. Let's say your dog grabs the remote control. You need to get that remote control from your dog. First thing is you need to be calm. Do not run and chase after your dog. Do not scream at your dog. Do not start throwing commands around expecting your dog to respond, especially if you've not taught those commands. Do not chase. You may calmly walk towards the dog, preferably in a curving fashion, which means not straight ahead, just a slight little curve. And take your time to calmly walk to the dog. The slower and more calm you show, the dog is less likely to start running from you. If the dog does run from you, no big deal. You just again calmly go to where the dog is. Avoid chasing um, and running and screaming and yelling because then the dog is going to turn it into a game. When you get to the dog, gently remove the remote, give the dog something he may chew on. Do not try to snatch the remote from the dog. Do not try to yank the dog and grab the dog. Be calm. We do not want the dog to learn to run from you. Replace it with something he may chew on and then reward for that. A great way to practice is to go somewhere like the Dollar Tree and buy a remote control for $1. And practice with that so that your real remote is not getting messed up and you're not freaking out. Remember, if your dog is having to move away from you, he doesn't really have time to chew on it. So be calm. Don't turn it into a game. So interruption is all about quiet, calmness, and just redirecting. Let's talk about behavior that would be not self-rewarding, like jumping. The easiest way to handle that is to ignore. Ignoring is very powerful. Humans are not very good at it. Dogs are wonderful at it. They use it themselves. Ignoring means I don't look, I don't talk, and I don't touch. So if your dog jumps on you and you don't want that, don't look, don't talk, don't touch. When the dog realizes that's not working and he puts four feet on the floor, count to three and then give your dog attention. We will talk more in class on how to handle your dog jumping on guests, but for you at home, this is where it starts. Ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. If you look at your dog, if you tell your dog to sit or lay down or quit, off, stop, don't jump, you're giving your dog attention. If you stick your knee up, you're giving your dog attention because most people can't stick their knee up without looking at the dog. So to help you understand what dogs are all about, the dogs are like that creepy person that sits at the end of the bar that you accidentally made eye contact with when you were looking for the bathroom and now they won't leave you alone. 
Yeah, that's your dog. They're writing their phone number down on a cocktail napkin and everything. So if you don't want that creepy person, you better not make eye contact. So don't look, don't talk, don't touch, because your dog will take every little shot. If you look while they're jumping, they're going to think they've got a shot and they're going to keep trying. And remember, jumping isn't just up on you. It might be two feet on the couch, two feet on a fence, two feet on a gate. So make sure that you are not acknowledging jumping at all. The third way that you're going to handle behavior, which is the most important, is acknowledgement. Remember, we have to focus on what we want to see from our dogs, not what we don't want. I'm all about laws of attraction. Put it in the universe. Manifestation. Look for what you want, and that is what you see. If you look for all the things you don't want, then that's all you're going to see. And your dog is going to be miserable, and you're going to be miserable with your dog. So let's look for the things that we want. Now, we use a verbal marker to tell our dogs when they're doing the right thing. So, good boy, good girl. I'll use good puppy as an example. I have three levels of good puppy. I have good puppy by itself, good puppy with a pet, good puppy with a resource. Now, good puppy by itself is like winning a free ticket on a scratch-off. That's fun for a while, but nobody's scratching tickets off just to keep getting free tickets. Good puppy with a pet, maybe you've won $2 off that dollar ticket. Good puppy with a resource is I've won $5 off that dollar ticket all the way up to the jackpot. So that jackpot for your dog may be uh, a really high value treat. Maybe it's a ball, a toy, getting to say or play with another dog, getting on the furniture, whatever. That resource can be anything that your dog likes. Sorry. So Good boy by itself, good boy with a pet, and petting is rewarding for most dogs, but it's going to depend on the environment, the situation. If you pet your dog at home all the time, and then you want to make petting the reward for being out and ignoring another dog, you're going to struggle with training. Do not be stingy or selfish with your rewards. We're not going to be dependent on food rewards, but we are going to use them to our advantage. Very important that we find out what our dog's do like what they find rewarding and what level of a reward that is. I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode that we have on rewards so that you start to understand what your dog really likes. That verbal marker is going to be used to tell the dog anything that you like to see repeated. You're going to tell the dog by giving the verbal. If your dog is sitting at the window and looking out and not barking, you need to tell them how good they are. If they walk up to you in the house, you need to tell them how good they are. They potty outside, tell them how good they are. We need to focus on acknowledging good behavior. 200 times a day, you should be able to give your dog a verbal marker. I guarantee your dog gives you enough good behavior for that. Now, out of that 200 times, maybe 90% of it is just verbal. 5% may be petting and 5% may be a resource like food, treats, toys, or access to you or another dog. So you've got to focus on the behavior that you like to let the dog know. Do not focus on what you don't want. If you have something you don't want, you're either ignoring it or interrupting it. Not a big deal. We're not correcting here. We're not disciplining. Consequences are there, but they should never be physically or emotionally harming to a dog. We don't want to make the dog afraid to learn. And if we scream and yell at them for doing the wrong thing, we're going to make them afraid to even try something new for fear it might be the wrong thing. 
Dogs don't know what you expect. That's why it's our job to set those expectations. It is your job to create the relationship. It is your job to help your dog be successful in this crazy world that they have no idea about. And that is why we are here to teach you. Now, in order to make your dog understand that the verbal marker is important, every day before class, uh, actually every day before the first night of class, one time a day, I want you to sit down with your dog, take 10 pieces of kibble or 10 pieces of treats, just enough to taste. And I want you to say good boy or good girl and give them a piece of treat. And I want you to do it for all 10 pieces. You're not asking for a behavior. You're not doing anything but saying good boy and then treating. Good boy and then treating. Good boy and then treating. This should take you about 30 to 45 seconds. Do it at least once a day prior to our first class. Because if that dog can't hear that good boy and good girl that first night of class, you're going to struggle. So this is an important one. We've got to have something to tell the dog that they're doing good. So make sure you condition that verbal marker. Very important. Or you will be behind the first night. Okay, so get in the habit of saying good boy and good girl on a regular basis. Take nothing for granted. All right, now, for those that have puppies that are coming in the first uh, night of class with puppies... Don't worry, we are going to send out a lot of handouts on housebreaking, mouthing and chewing, um, and dealing with the, the puppies that bite. And we will talk about that the first night as well on the biting aspect. But we will be sending you some handouts for that. If you have questions prior to class and you need those handouts early, feel free to send us an email, info at dogspeak101.com, and we'll be happy to send those out to you. We do not cover puppy behavior in class. Uh, because we do want to focus on the other things. However, we will be happy to speak with you after class if you have questions, um, or you're welcome to ask questions during class. So don't be afraid. We are here to help you all be successful. If it's a good group, we will allow the dogs to interact, and we'll help you to understand how to interrupt inappropriate behavior during interaction. And I also encourage you to find any of our communication seminars that we are doing online or in person at the farm and sign up for those so that you understand how your dog is communicating. Now, to start just wrapping down on this, I do want you to understand that you can't just come to class and just work for that 45 minutes at class. We want to see you be successful. So many of our clients Um, are able to get their dogs to off-leash behavior very quickly if they just practice. We are teaching you manners and habits to get into. If you can create these habits, then you are going to have a wonderful dog and a wonderful companion. But it's about taking the habits that we're trying to create within yourself and using them every day. So if you're used to screaming and yelling and throwing the word no around, Go ahead and get out of that habit. That's not going to do you any good. Telling a dog no is like sending you to the grocery store with a list of all the things I don't want, but not sending you the list of the things I do want. So get out of using the word no. Don't use firm tones. You don't need to use a firm tone to communicate with your dog. You can just simply talk to your dog. Teaching the dog what you want. They have no idea what is expected of them. 
This is a whole world that they are not really understanding. Truly, they are captive animals, not in their own environment. So we have to make sure we're meeting those needs. And sometimes that includes letting them sniff, letting them tear up toys to find treats. So I also encourage you to find our episode on canine enrichment, as well as do a search online on canine enrichment and start figuring out what your dog really enjoys genetically and what you can do to help them learn and be stress-free. So be sure you check a lot of the other episodes out about canine enrichment, being proactive versus reactive, leash manners, listen to them all. You'll probably get sick of hearing me. I apologize, but hey, this is for your dog. Now, we do have a lot of fun in class. We want you to have fun in class. We laugh a lot. We really do try to uh, treat you like family And we want you to be a part of our family. We are here to help you be as successful as you possibly can be. We have a competition at the end of the six weeks to win some prizes. um, And we really try to make everything fun. And we are so excited to have you as a part of the Dog Speak family. And we want to help you be the best pet owner uh, that you can be. And we want your dog to have the best life that it can possibly have. We are so excited to meet you. And again, if you have questions prior to your first night of class or you need those puppy handouts sooner, send us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. We look so forward to meeting each and every one of you and loving on your dogs. Have a wonderful week and we will see you soon.